everyone, welcome back to Three Men and Their Babies. Three dads, three very different scenarios. Recording later this week because dad things. But uh, yeah, here with Adam and Benny. Hello, boys. Hoi, hoi. Are you right? All right, Benny, how, how we need, we're going to need a, uh, a weekly update, I'm afraid, at the start of each show, just because we need to know how tired you are and any developments in baby. So the floor is yours. Yeah. Okay, baby developments. First of all, this is the first um, podcast from the new house. We have officially moved in as of Monday. Hey. That was our first night staying here. Woo, 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 woo. Um, baby took a bit of a while getting used to it. I think she's uh, as it's a new surrounding, and she's a bit. She took a while to get used to um, granddad not being here because whether when there's times where me and Blossom needed to do something, we'd just hand baby off to uh, Blossom's dad, granddad Roy, <laughs> and. Uh, that made life a bit easier for us, but now he's not around. I feel like she's a little bit more difficult to put him down. Literally, like fifteen minutes ago, I was I had her in my arms. She was out cold, unconscious. The second I tried to put her on something, so I can actually you know be free to do things with my arms, she's up. She's up and screaming and making life very difficult for me. But in terms of tiredness. I'm not doing too bad. I know that's like probably me, you know, trying to sound like Mr. Big Man. But honestly, like I, I feel like I'm doing okay. It might be different tomorrow because I've been doing like all short evening shifts so far, and tomorrow I've got like a long one, like a big ten-hour boy. So, you know, come back to me tomorrow, and this might be a different story. But no, I think we're doing okay so far. Good, good. Also, also forgot to mention this first podcast from the new house. Also, first first podcast with a blossom in the room trying to make me laugh. Stop it, blossom. Yeah, tell her this is unprofessional. Professional podcast, and it's not unprofessional. Exactly professional strain. Yeah. Again, you're just ruining the image that we have this luxury recording studio and a team of editors behind the scenes and producers and all that kind of stuff. You're just blowing the mystique. <laughs> we're not. We're not all just like huddled in the corners of our living rooms, hiding from. <laughs> people and animals. Literally I am. Literally I am in a corner of the living room. I, my living room is set up like pretty much the opposite to Dan's where his desk is like by the front window and the, the living area is by the um by the patio doors. I'm the I'm the op- literally the opposite. I'm by the patio doors and Blossom is watching Kerrang by the uh by the front window feeding the baby who's been fed plenty of times already today and is a little greedy guts guts. She's watching Kerrang with subtitles, because I can't hear any Kerrang in the background. Yeah, me neither. That's because I've got a good microphone now. Oh, you've got a good microphone now. Okay, so it's she's directional. It's it, pointing it. directly at my mouth. Kerrang's all the way over my left shoulder. She's just, like, practising her, like, lip-reading. <laughs> or, or they've got one of those, like, British Sign Language interpreters in the corner that they sometimes have late night on a BBC Two. That's funny you should mention that. When Blossom was in hospital, like, um... Having her um, contractions and whatnot with on the drip, we were watching. I think it was it was on it was Channel Four, and I think it was like million pound. Well, it's not million pound drop now, is it? It's one thousand hundred grand drop, and they had the like person in the corner doing the sign language, and Blossom absolutely can't stand these people. <laughs> so, so big update of the week: Blossom hates the hearing impaired. The hearing impaired support. Not the hearing yeah, impaired the necessarily. Hearing impaired. Yeah. Maybe she's very pro the the kind of the section of the hearing impaired community that are against like people having the cochlear implants and oh, hearing aids and things like that. She, well, like, she's very much like, like if you are deaf, you are pure deaf. You stay pure blood deaf people. Yeah, yeah. She don't, don't want any half breeds. <laughs> <laughs> don't want any day walkers. <laughs> Do you know what I think oh it God, is? The, I, the think blade, Blossom, I think that Blossom is so... Uh, she's so supportive of the hearing impaired that she doesn't want them to get any help because then it's more like they're completely the same as everyone else. Because therefore exactly. then, if they don't get any help, then they've got no impairment. So therefore, she's even more supportive than the rest of us. That's why I think... She wasn't to be completely independent. Yeah. I have to you say, should... though, those... Those people in the corner are fantastic. Oh, they're amazing. I, I watched, and I've got genuine memory of it. This must have been about 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> there was some science program on where they're talking about tornadoes. And it had the person in the corner doing the sign language. And I have distinct memories of howling with laughter 
throughout because this interpreter apparently right the the british sign language for tornadoes is if you get one hand and you point your index finger up and then put your other hand above it and point your index finger down and then you just rotate really quickly <laughs> the index finger that's putting down around the other index finger to make a tornado that that is the the british sign language for tornado and when you see a program about tornadoes where the word tornado is said probably two or three times every sentence, the, the sweat glistening off the head of this poor interpreter after about five minutes, it was glorious. There you go. It's a, a fa- factual in- entertainment here for everybody. You now exactly. know the sign language, the British sign language for tornadoes. Uh, yeah, I feel I feel like a better person because this. I also feel like the um, the US election last year was like really good for sign language interpreters. There was that guy from Georgia. I think he had like he looked like um the uh, architect from the Matrix, like with maybe with like long hair, longer hair and a big <laughs> whiter beard, and he was like he was completely extra in his sign sign language. He was like the most entertaining thing, yeah. other than Trump losing. Although they did have that controversy somewhere in America a few years ago, didn't they? Where they hired a sign language interpreter, or what they thought was a sign language interpreter, and the woman was just making it up. Oh my she god! She was a complete fraud, <laughs> and uh, like deaf people watching it complain because they're like, "I have no idea what this person's saying." And the, when you play the video of it, it's very easy to find on YouTube. Just like fake sign language interpreter. The action she are doing, it's like she's doing like late nineties ecstasy rave music <laughs> dance moves. <laughs> like a big fish, little fish, cardboard box. Yeah, I was say. <laughs> she's taking poppers before the, uh, she before was. the show started. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's one of those that's one of those great lies on a on a CV, isn't it? Can you do this? Yeah, of course I can. <laughs> okay yeah. then. Off you go. What now? Oh shit. Uh, oh my god, what am I gonna do? Blossom's also just reminded me um, that when we went to see um, Kaiser Chiefs just before lockdown uh, really kicked in, like, like this was uh, beginning of February last year. There was a little set we had. We were in the box for her work. Like we got free tickets, box, okay. this little bar, and um, just over off to the distance in the right, there was like a. Um, I guess it was like a hearing impaired section, and they had someone signing all the lyrics to the songs, and she was fucking going for it as well. Really, she must yeah. get like she, she deserves every penny she got. Oh yeah, if you're a, if you're a signer at like Slayer or Napalm Death <laughs> or something, it's fucking. I mean, that'd be so cool. That'd be so cool. Or even one of the like Buster what, Rhymes what or something. You know, somebody who can rap. Inc- oh not God. even just a rapper, like a rapper who's incredibly quick. There are still songs yeah. now that I listen to Buster Rhymes, and I'm thinking, I have no idea what he just said. And I must listen to them a yeah. hundred times, and I'm thinking, yeah, nope, can't get that at all. No idea what he just said. Those signers deserve all the monies, definitely. Yeah, definitely. What about what about if it's like a metal act? You know those ones that are just like down there, and you just don't know what they're saying. How are you going to? Yeah, sign like I was going to. Do you have? You do you have this, like the lyric sheet from the tape album? You open it up and you fold it out, and it's got all the lyrics on, and they're just reading that. <laughs> Maybe they have their own auto cue or something. I don't know. That's a good point. How would they know? Mm. Uh, yeah, because if you listen, if anybody needs to, a reference of a kind of song, Adam means listen to "Bleed" by Meshuggah. That's growling all the way through, and you can yeah. pick guttural out the, you can pick out the yeah guttural vocals. You can you can pick out the odd word, but they must yeah. have to vocals have vocals that sound like water going down a drain. <laughs> maybe they maybe they also employ so you'd have to employ a signer and also somebody to flip over the the white pages of a flip chart at rapid speed. <laughs> Because they've got all the lyrics on, so they just flip them over as the sign is doing it. Or they have some kind of, like you say, some kind of autocue or something. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know how you do that. That sounds like Michigan yeah, they just bring that, that guy from uh, <laughs> The Walking Dead uh, reprising his film role where he's got all of those like cards in front of Martin McCutcheon and he's like flicking them all over. Oh, Andrew Lincoln. Andrew like, Lincoln. Who the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, Kidder. the governor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I had a wacky thought this week, which was, no, this I... is completely, speaking of segues, this is completely apropos of nothing and just a random <laughs> plucked out of the air. One of those things, I was, you know, shower thoughts. It was one of those, you know, when there's like a massive tragedy, I'm talking like a plane crash or an earthquake mm. or something where at least hundreds of people die and some people make it out alive. 
let's we'll go with the plane crash for example because that's a completely harrowing experience. Mm-hmm. Plane takes off, it's coming down, it crashes through a forest or something. All around you, there's bodies and all that kind of thing. People always say after that you must you know you've you've got to try and live every day like it's your last. I've, I'm never going to take life for granted ever again. I'm going to make every day count. I'm going to start noticing the birds in the sky and the color of the sea and all these beautiful things. But then I'm thinking, yeah, but you've still got to go to work at your shitty job yeah. and pay the bills. Yeah. You can't just start yeah, wandering the earth. Like, If, if I, I knew my day was my last, I'd be quitting work. <laughs> That'd yeah. be the first thing I do. Like, I'm not coming in today, sorry. I think surely, like, surely like, you just do what um, what Sally did, the uh, guy who landed the plane on the Hudson. He just went on all the talk shows. He must have got paid a fortune for doing all that. That's your job. And then, yeah, then but, you go and live life to the fullest. Yeah, but he's a, he essentially saved all those people, didn't he? Because he landed on the water. In a plane crash, if you're a plane crash survivor, I mean, yeah, you're going to get the odd thing, but you're not going to get that kind of notoriety that he did. You're just then a plane crash survivor. He got the notoriety because he saved everybody and did something miraculous. And to be fair, usually when you watch shows like Air Crash Investigation or Second Some Disaster or whatever, the pilots do amazing things. And then even though maybe 200 people die, they still save you know, 100 people or something. Yeah, yeah. But I always got this image of like <laughs> you're lying in a hospital bed or something just thinking, oh my God, thank God. And then you get home a month later and all the bills are on the doorstep and you're thinking, oh crap. <laughs> I've got to pay my electric bill. Damn it. I've just survived I've just survived a plane crash. Now I've got to sort out my car insurance. Like this sucks. I just think like you get how, back from, how you get back you from then... your plane crash and the house is just boarded up. <laughs> yeah, because you've not been paying your rent. <laughs> so like, well you defaulted on your mortgage payment. I've been in a plane crash. Like, what do you want me to do? Me. And I think like how would you then how would you then live your days like, you know, grateful love life or something? How would you do it? I don't know what it would be. Because I, th- like I say, think you've still got to live and survive. There's a difference between living each day like it's your last and knowing you are going to die soon. Like if you had a f- terminal disease that somehow didn't affect you physically, and you could go out and you could go on holiday, you could go abseiling or you know on a a giant zip wire through a slate quarry in Wales or something like that. That would be different because you know you've got a, a deadline. But like you say. Living it like it's your last is impossible. Yeah, definitely. It's more about the the appreciation of the world around you as it is. Like, instead of, like, like I've done a few times this week, instead of going, oh, you know what? It's seven o'clock. Time for me to, like, go on the PlayStation or and dick around on there or watch, like, another box set on Netflix. I've gone, you know what? It's dry outside. I'll actually just go for a nice walk. With no iPod on or anything like that. Just go out, enjoy the weather, even if it's spitting, with the dog, and just enjoy a bit of the outside world. I wonder if it's more like that. I guess so. Appreciating the little things, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. And and doing little things that you may put off that aren't too expensive. Have that nice coffee that you're worried that you're not going to try ever because you're worried it might not be nice from Starbucks or whatever, yeah. Or try that weird vegan dish that's on that restaurant menu instead of going for the same thing over and over again. Little things or getting like a face that. tattoo or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been in a plane crash. I'm going post Malone. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> just get a plain teardrop and uh, just to, just so everyone knows what you've been through. Yeah, we'd need to get about two. If you're a survivor, you'd need to get about two hundred, wouldn't you? Because of all the people that died, you'd be like, okay, I need to honour all of them. Yeah, I don't know. God. Anyway, can, can I just on on that point, right? I I've got two segues. I'll do the first oh. one. One is a bit of a shout out to because you raised Sully Sullenberger. A shout out to the fantastic comedian Paul F. Tompkins, the like king of podcasts, who has portrayed a version of Sully Sullenberger who believes geese are out to get him. And that's why they <laughs> flew through the engine. <laughs> and also his his much maligned brother, uh, Captain Chesley Sully Sullenberger, who uh, plays a buzz driver, but insists on being called a buzz pilot because he's trying to outdo his brother, <laughs> Sully Sullenberger. And the other segue yeah. is the creator of the segue died on a segue. 
interesting fact. Yes, he He's did. Riding a Subway Segway and fell off a cliff. He rode it so, off a cliff. How exactly. unbelievable is that? <laughs> Wait, did this happen recently? It's a few years back, I think. No, a few years ago. But yeah, I was hoping you say like this happened yesterday. No, but that is an ultimate no. segue. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what happened? Don't you? He was in a plane crash, and he thought, "I need to live life to the fullest. I'm going to segue off this cliff like a badass." <laughs> and then he died. <laughs> That's such yeah, a well, his son then got oh a, a, a segue tattoo to his face. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible mistake. <laughs> I watched oh the um, the Sully movie starring Tom Hanks the other weekend. I thought it was really, um, really brave of them to not show actually show the plane crash until like the second act. I was like, surely that's what you lead with, you know? That's what the whole thing's about. Instead, it's just like I... him is like <laughs> mental trauma. I was reading on Reddit earlier today, and it is funny you mentioned that because this came up. It was weird. What weird subplots or pointless subplots have you seen in movies? And why do you think they're there? And someone was talking about that film, The Sully Sullenberger, where a good third of the movie is about Sully and his wife struggling to buy a house. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I think it was like, um, because the majority, or the, like the third act of the film revolves around, I don't know what it's called, it's like a court-martial essentially, like going over like the decisions that they made to land the plane in the river. Right. And yeah, yeah, they spent a good up, chunk basically. Well, they they thought he fucked up because yeah, like the the birds hit both the engines and he and both the engines died. But they like the um, telemetry on the black box said that one of the engines was still working and it, and that he could have made it back to an airport. But then um, but he he was insisting that like the plane was dead in the air, and then they like did simulations to show that. He could make it, and then he said, well, actually, you need to account for like reaction time and everything. And then, yeah, yeah they tried doing it like an actual like um, plane, uh, uh, plane simulator, and no one could do it, which got yeah. him off the hook. But yeah. Um, Plus, he, he really hid the, uh, the receipts for those frozen turkeys he got from Tesco <laughs> really well. <laughs> he was lobbing out the window, trying to get yeah, into the engine. I got one. Like, this will make me famous. <laughs> but yeah, like, a, a good. A good chunk of the film is just like him on the phone to his wife about, oh god, if I if we if I get sacked after this thing, we're we're so in so much trouble. No one cares. No one exactly. cares. Just tell us what you did. Tell us and tell us what you did to land the plane. Not and they did it like forty five minutes yeah, into but, the film. Yeah, but that's the issue, isn't it? Because that's the entire. There's no. There isn't a film there. There is, but the film is then thirty minutes long. The the film exactly. should start from the from the geese hitting the engines to them landing and everyone getting off the, the, the plane safely. That's the film, but no, no one's ever going to because it'd be like say it it's thirty be, minutes long. It should be at least a fifteen minute montage set to some very dramatic Philip Glass music of the birth <laughs> and life of one of the geese <laughs> up to the point it gets sucked into the engine. <laughs> no, because it yeah, but the geese it, it actually joins. A, uh, a renegade faction of geese that is out to take down planes because they're yeah. the evil metal overlords <laughs> and they're taking up our airspace. We've been here for thousands of years. I mean, geese are pretty. And it shows violent. him going through go training. It's like a full metal jacket, but for geese, he's going through wings. training camp it's and just everything. Just taking it that one step at. further. <laughs> I can't believe how much time we're dedicated to Sully this episode. What a man! I know. What a and the thing good is, man. why didn't he have all the blue fur and like horns and big tail like he does when he's in Monsters Inc? Makes <laughs> no sense. I should, see, I should assume that was his weekend job, and he, he piloted in the week, and then he had like you he's know, got to pay for that house, buy a house. Yeah, he's got to buy, he's got to <laughs> save up for a house, hasn't he? It ain't cheap. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry, Mary. I've got to go to this scream factory and terrorize children. It's the only way we can afford a four-bed bungalow. <laughs> you want that conservatory, don't you? Sally can't do yes. stairs anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's getting old. I need a ground floor, that's all. That's it, he's scared of heights now. And, I'm not going up there again. Fucking geese up there. Yeah. Trouble is, he lives near a lake now. There's just geese everywhere. <laughs> He's just taking pot shots at him with an air rifle. <laughs> Motherfuckers! <laughs> I'll get you! Oh my god. Oh, dearie, dearie me. <laughs> Fucking hell. Here's a... Right. Here's something that happened this week that I noticed. Georgia started eating around food. 
And I'm when I say that, I mean, say she's got a bar of chocolate, she'll eat the sides off the chocolate, and then another oh, yes, side. Oh yes, go on, Georgia. And then and then so, and I was thinking, I've all. I mean, I'm guessing from your reaction, Benny, that you do this, but I see girls do this all the time. Yeah. And I was wondering well, that why. That doesn't reflect it, too well on me. You saying that? No. Yeah, but why? Yeah. Why do girls always do that? I'm not all of them, obviously, but I've never seen. Well, now Benny's doing it, but me personally, <laughs> I've never seen a lad do it. But I've seen lots and lots and lots of girls do that, and I never, I never understood why. Sophie does it. Sophie, like if you, if we go down to the bakery down the road sometimes, and we go right lunchtime, kids. So we'll get a sausage roll and a cake each. So get a sausage roll. Like mine's gone in an instant. Then, then nothing. They may as well be party size sausage rolls for <laughs> how big they are. But Sophie, she'll take 15 minutes with hers because she nibbles around one edge. Then she kind of peels it open like she's peeling back the skin while doing an autopsy on someone's chest cavity. She like peels it back <laughs> to expose the flesh. And then she'll remove that and save that for best. And then can proceed to consume the pastry in a very precise manner. But yeah, she does have lots of other food as well. Like, if you give her a sandwich, she'll open up the sandwich and, like, rearrange yes. contents and go, oh, yes. that piece of bacon, I'll have that separate and I'll just <laughs> eat the bread. We bought some pre-rolled crepes from Aldi. Georgia would unroll the crepe one roll, eat that bit of pancake, then unroll the next bit, then eat that bit of pancake until she got down to the last bit where it was like a little kind of chocolate-filled bit, and then she'd eat that bit. I was like, why don't you eat the whole thing? God knows. God knows. Benny, know. all right, okay. we can ask him, buddy. <laughs> Benny, well, why yeah. do you do it? Um, I'm going to say, bear with me here, because I, I don't know, I don't exactly know why I do it, but I think it might just be like a, a sort of a carbon thing. So, like, the two things that I do it with are sandwiches, where, like, I'm an absolute savage with sandwiches and I don't cut them in half into squares or triangles or anything. I'll, I'll eat a sandwich, just like two flat bits of bread. But yeah, I'll eat excellent. like all, I'll eat all the crust first, and then eat the sandwich if you know what I mean. And the other thing is like um, chocolate biscuits. Say like a Twix, I'll bite both the ends off, and I'll like eat all the chocolate off, and just save myself for the um, the caramel bit at the end. And I think it's either like saving, like um, with Georgia, I think the crepes, like saving the best bit to last, and like savoring that last bit, or it's just like. You know, this is like uh, I'm being methodical. I'm being, I'm being like um, surgical with this sandwich, and I'm gonna savor every last bit of it and make sure that it is done right. Mm, I do do it with it. plates maybe of food. Maybe it's I'll plate, eat the kind of I, I'll eat the I, worst, I, I, in theory, the worst thing first. I won't go um, around and have little bits of everything. I go worst thing, then the next best thing, and then the, I save the best thing, the last thing that I eat. But I, I feel like I might have done that when I was younger. Thing. I feel like that might have been a young Benny thing. No, I still do that. But, no, yeah, I, so I do that now. as well. Unless it's pre-mixed, a pasta or something like that. Yeah. With vegetables <laughs> in. I'm not going to pick Sunday out roast. every well, bit no, of herb. Because I know some people will go, oh, you know what, I'll, I'll save those like meatballs till the end. I'm like, no. We'll oh, right, I see what you mean. No, no, I, yeah. no, I will do that. I'll save the meatballs oh, till you? the end. Yeah, I'll eat all the oh. pasta first. I and thought you meant some like... A roast or like like fish fingers, potato. Yeah, a roast I can see it with. I would definitely do it with a roast. I just have like one saving on all the stuff until the end. And oh, yeah, yeah, the things I save to the end are like the pork and the roast potatoes because yeah. they are my favourites. The vegetables were first, but I loved the vegetables that we had. It was just they need to go first because I'm making sure I've got the good stuff in me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a full English as well. I'll I'll do it with anything, same as a, a full English. I'll go round it methodically and mm-hmm. like okay. clear out the plate. Right. In order then for your full English, <laughs> this is where we're going to rank them now. What order? Rank your full English. English. Just a standard. I'll go, wait a minute, English. everybody, everybody, get ready because this is now this is the, the fucking serious part of the show, okay? <laughs> yeah. Because now we're talking full Englishes. <laughs> fucking business has just picked up, okay? Everyone, get ready. So, what I want you to do is a standard full English is rank them in order of what you would eat. So, worst to best. What's the thing that you're going to leave last out of a full English? Now, hang on. Let me get a, let me get a standard full English up here. <laughs> okay, so you're going to post it in the chat so we, we can all rank that. Oh, Christ. Hang on, then. Hang on, then. Let me get this up. 
No, see, I don't want a fucking history lesson. Just give me the fucking <laughs> the history <laughs> of the full English. I know, yeah. Once upon a time, there was a somewhat English. Then we progressed to partial. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you want a full English? I'll have a partial English, thanks. Yeah, just, just a bit. All right. I am on um, tier maker for full English breakfast. All right, you got that? Okay. Hold up. Yeah. Oh, one slice of bread. Are we talking fried? <laughs> Toasted? I think, well, this is this can just be a guide. So we don't have to go off this okay. exactly because there's something on, there's something that's not on there that I will have as well. So no, this can just be a guide. But we can, that, we can I know what that is. That. That's fine for yes, me. That's of course. acceptable. Yeah. Go on then, Adam. You can go first. It's your question. Okay. Okay. So we've got on here a choice of sausages, bacon, mushrooms. Bearing in mind these are big mushrooms, not the chopped up tiny butter mushrooms. Ripe tomatoes. Doesn't say how they're cooked, but they can fuck off. They're not on mine. A <laughs> slice of black pudding, a large egg, and a slice of bread. Now, I will go toasted for my yeah. bread. And yeah, that's fair that's, that's a separate quantity. That will be munched all the way through in varying degrees. A little bit dipped in the egg, maybe. A little bit with a tiny bit of bacon on that kind of thing. Right. Mushrooms first. Love mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Fried mushrooms. Fantastic. They go first. They're the good, healthy bit out of everything that's on this place. Cooked in a shit ton of there. butter and oil. Very healthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're the, out, out of all of them, they're the most healthy. <laughs> the next, another favourite, black pudding. Because you want to get that, that thick, cloying, thick slice of black pudding down you so you can make room for other stuff. Then, we're talking the egg. So get the egg. Dip in a bit of the toast in. Maybe if you've got one slice of bread cut in half diagonally, you, you reserve one of those uh, halves for the egg and dip it in there and then munch it up. The other half, get a rasher or two of bacon in there, fold it over, eat it, jobs are good in, bam, sausages, less. They're, they're the ones you leave until last. You know you can fit them down. Controversial. Yeah. If not, they're not, it's not too bad if you leave a bit of sausage. Especially because a full English has probably got about three on the <laughs> on the plate. It doesn't matter if you leave one. As long as you get at least one down your neck, there we go. Right. So, first thing you do... Right, boys. Slice of bread is also toast. This is the correct way. Um, you take your thick slice of black pudding and you chuck it out the window because no one wants that shit. Get that fucking shite out of God. here. God. Such a fucking Tory. Go on. You bunch of northern, <laughs> stupid Go northern on, boys. Get it out of here. <laughs> fucking absolute Tory, Benny. <laughs> now, I'm assuming the tomatoes are cooked in a sort of way where they start to get a bit of a char on them, and that makes them really nice. As long as they're like fresh yeah, and they're that. still holding together. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not the... I do like a sausage, <laughs> but I'm not like the biggest lover of them at all. Like, Mostly what I would do, I would take my slice of toast, cut it in half, stick the egg in there, stick a couple of uh, rashes of bacon in there, and if there's room, half a sausage in there as well, and just eat that as a big sandwich, because making a sandwich is... Having something in a sandwich makes everything better. And then, you know, whatever you got left, because the egg will uh, invariably split while it's in the... um, while it's in this toasted sandwich, you just dip everything else in there. Mushrooms... Again, love a big flat mushroom, especially with a little bit of egg, a little bit of tomato. Again, that's that's the beauty of an English breakfast. It all just like melds together perfectly. Everything goes together perfectly, especially when it's not got stinky, disgusting, dirty beans (laughs) on it. Why? Why would anyone do that? Oh, it's grim. The thought of having those like little rabbit dropping droplets. (laughs) Mixed with child's tomato sauce that you get from Peppa Pig pasta. You scrape off a child's plate at the end and it just gets all mixed together. And then put in a can. And then Muppets <laughs> buy them off the shelves. And then put them and ruin a perfectly good meal. It's disgusting. I think the only people who are eating beans are doomsday preppers. Like in their little, yeah, uh, in their little exactly. nuclear, nuclear fallout shelter. Or trying to survive. <laughs> The only people it's good for. Over an open fire. Yeah. I think we're going to have to find a new name for this podcast. Because 
three men and their babies now sounds quite redundant because the size of the fannies on U2 is fucking <laughs> massive. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No black pudding, no beans. What the fucking hell's wrong with you? Right, listen, here's the proper way to do it. Pay attention, everybody. Something U2 failed to mention as well, which shows that you're either A, not British enough, or B, Tories, a la Benny, is nobody <laughs> mentioned HP Source, which you have to have on a full English. You have to have HP Source. No, it's not a pork Absolute pie. Absolute staple. You only have them on pork pies. If your egg is no, good enough, there's no that. need for it. Yeah. No, no, no. It, you always need it. It's a perfect no, accompaniment. You get the mushroom juice. You get the egg yolk. You got tomato juice. Tomato. Yeah, but well, you see, here's the issue you got, right? You need a little bit, just a little bit of tang on that on that full English. You just need that little bit of tang just to set it off, just to catch it as it's going down for. your gullet. Tomato is city. have tang. Are you mental? Tomato is a city. Right, listen. Yeah. Shut up. Listen. Right. Here's the real way to do it. Mushrooms first. Come on, chef. Get your get your flavour triangle out. <laughs> okay, so for the umami, right? Here's what you need. <laughs> right, mushrooms first. As Adam said, they are nice. Mushrooms are great, but they're clearly the worst thing on this plate. No offense to mushrooms. I'm sorry. Tomatoes next. Benny, I agree with Benny on this. Need a little bit of char on them. A little bit mm-hmm. of black on them. That's great. Yep. So they're nice and juicy. Bit runny. Fantastic. Then. I would eat the beans next. See, I don't do any of this mixing up. I'd then go full beans next. Give me all the beans. Then I'll eat my toast all in one go. And I need it to be wholemeal just because I don't like white bread. I just don't enjoy the taste of it. I prefer the taste of wholemeal. So I'll have wholemeal toast with some, obviously some butter on it. I'll then go for the bacon. I'll eat all the bacon next. And then I will eat the egg next then the sausage, and I save the black pudding until the end because that's the absolute best bit. And I will use the black pudding to mop up all the various juices and sauces on the plate. And that's how I'll finish. And of course, (laughs) something else you all didn't mention, a full English has to have a cup of tea with it. You have to have a cup of tea. No. And if either of you say you have lemonade or Fanta or something, I will fight you. Why would you have coffee? Pop. Why'd you have have coffee? Yeah, you'd have a coffee. Cappuccino. Black coffee. It's a full English, not a full Mediterranean. (laughs) Christ. I I apologise. I do sound like a fucking Tommy Robinson supporter. I'm not that bad, I promise. But it's a full English. For the first time on this podcast. No HP sauce. No HP sauce and no cups of tea. On my food. Oh my God. No HP sauce and no tea. I can't believe we're friends. This is a new low for our friendship. (laughs) There, I've said it. <laughs> you with your fucking tea oh bag God. dunking it in a cup of HP sauce and bean juice. <laughs> Damn right. And it'd be fantastic as well. <laughs> oh, only Shit. if you stick it in a soda stream and make it fizzy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's a question. This is something that means so I disagree about all the time. Well, are you the kind of people who will take a bite of food and then take a sip of drink immediately after it? No. So it all mixes like, together. That's insane. No, why would you? Why would? Oh, that is. Oh, the thought of that is actually making me gip. That's <laughs> grim. Like who do you know that does this? We spaghetti, need to call them out. Taking a mouthful of spaghetti and then like sipping on some fizzy pop or something. <laughs> I know loads of people who do this. I'm one of them. Oh what? Yeah, Get out of town. George. Sarah's dad does it. Sarah's sister does it. Georgia does it. My mum did it. Yeah, no, lots of people did it. Like, not, not with how, everything. How dry is your food that you're having to do that? <laughs> I don't have to. I just sometimes like it. I must cleanse my palate after every bite. No, yeah, it's not. It's not a case of having to. I just sometimes enjoy it. What What are you putting in your mouth, though, drinks wise? <laughs> That's a leading question. Well saved. <laughs> yeah, I think you both know like, very what? well. No, I'm putting in my mouth. I don't know. I just I can't even think of an example when I do it, but I I do do it. It doesn't. If I suddenly feel like hmm, this mouthful could do with a bit of tea or coffee or something, I'll just have a quick sip. I don't. I can't think of another way to explain it. <laughs> Mate, you need to just like put gravy on all your food if you're having to do that. If you're thinking, you know what would really complement this lasagna? Some, some fucking Yorkshire gold. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, if I actually sat down and analysed it, there's probably only certain foods I do it with. And I don't know why. Like I say, it's not a case of I've got a really dry mouth or I'm not thinking as I'm having something to eat, oh my God, I can't swallow this without like excess liquid. It's nothing to do with that. 
as I'm eating sometimes, though, I'll just think, oh, I'll have, a, I'll have a sip of drink while I'm eating this. I don't know. I can't, ex- <laughs> I can't explain it. What can I say? Do you think <laughs> um, Do you think Sven would have had a better time with that calzone that he had if he had had a little <laughs> sip after each bite? I don't know, mate. I mean, that, him eating that calzone was, Jesus Christ, it's the stuff of legend. That was something else. That was something else. I don't know what he could have... No, I think... The less things he was putting in his mouth at that time, the better. Whatever it was, oxygen, dust, anything. <laughs> just just pure calzone and nothing else. <laughs> See, I've just got this image of like your your family meals just being like hot dog eating contests or something <laughs> like that. Or like man versus food. Where, where that guy always had like a pint of water next to him and would get like, oh my god, I've got to eat this like two story tall baguette <laughs> just like dunking it in his water so he can eat it because now we want to get jerry spit. chestnut on the podcast yeah the uh, who's the japanese lad kobayashi Tahiru kobayashi oh, yeah. was the other one was the guy who was awesome at the uh, the nathan's hot dogs yeah, yeah he would just I, like yeah. dip the whole hot dog in water and just swallow it down <laughs> oh so yeah Hon- honestly right I'm, I'm not trying to be offensive to you but i can't imagine anything more disgusting <laughs> like while I'm eating, than to be sipping on a cup of tea at the same time. There is something that even the thought of it is making my chest convulse <laughs> slightly. Got, like, slight tremors in my throat. We've broken Adam. Do you know that is so weird. Do you know what that is? That's your baby's covered in food. That's what that is. Ooh, that's what that because yeah, that's what that does is. to me. I can't. I. I. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. I can't Just even think can't about explain it. it. <laughs> Oh, dude, I'm going to be sending you some videos now, let me tell you. Your phone goes off at one in the morning, and it's a WhatsApp video from me. Don't open it. <laughs> You're having a midnight feast and a cup of tea. Yeah. Look, I'm dipping this scotch egg in my brew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got to tell you this. This might genuinely make you vomit, but I have to tell you this, just because this is this is grim, even for what, like, even for what I've just said. What I'm going to say okay. even makes me boke slightly, okay? <laughs> My mum, God rest her soul, but please feel free to slate her if you need to, used to dip crisp butties into tea and then oh eat Oh, my God. Crikey. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that fucking right, bleak? Hang on. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so bleak. That is oh, so grim. Me. Oh, dear me. <laughs> Absolutely shambolic, babe. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's very French of her. That's what they do, don't they? They dip like um, croissants <laughs> into hot chocolate and shit, don't they? Oh well, that's different. That's like dipping a biscuit in a cup of tea, or like dipping a, a stick of butter in a, coffee, in a cup of tea, isn't it? It's not like sticking a baguette in like a pint of Stella and <laughs> just going mm, tasty. I'm sure she did. I'm sure she did that as well. <laughs> if you if you came round and I was dunking cookies in milk or something. You wouldn't find that weird, would you? It is a weird no. thing that a different food, though, when it's like, what are you doing? That's fucking weird. Yet particular foods, it's no, okay. No, because I think... Or, like, or even the, just the accept flavor, it. Like the flavour, like the sweet... The sweet biscuit, that can be quite dry. Like, if you're just having a plain biscuit, like digestive, that will absorb all of your spit. So dunking it in a <laughs> cup of tea, that's fine. It, like, heats it up, makes it like a, a warm, moist cake that you're putting in your mouth. That's acceptable. But fucking doing it while you're eating a lasagna or something, that that's they don't pair up. Like maybe <laughs> if you had like a little bit of lasagna and then a sip of red wine, that could be acceptable because they pair. Those, those flavor profiles pair up. But not like a milky brew. <laughs> Dunkin fucking cheese and butties in it. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, everybody. If anyone's if anyone's eating, listen to this. I do apologise. I just I had <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, I think we'll have to call this episode just trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point. <laughs> Benny, me and Adam uh, quickly mentioned this off the show the other week. But did you hear about that woman in Mali who gave birth to nine babies at once? I did not hear this. Wait, wait. In one oh go. My go- yeah, in one go. Crikey! And the crazy thing is, they thought she was only having seven. <laughs> oh, only seven. <laughs> that's how. That's how many babies were in there that they actually couldn't count them all, and they got they missed. They were missing two, two babies. They were missing, but nine seven. Kids. The, seven is so bloody run of the mill in Mali, apparently. Yeah, apparently so. Apparently so. 
I guarantee this woman needs to get over to America ASAP and get herself a reality TV show. Definitely. Oh yeah, she's a millionaire already. Well, they she's are apparently twelve years old now. All of those kids from the octuplet. I think that was twelve Octum, years ago. Whatever her name was, twelve years ago. Oh my god, we're so old. I'm not sure how long ago <laughs> her porn video was. I that assume was that was when they were around kind of two or three, and she Jeez. needed nappy money. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what you could say. They only all each one weighed between one and two pounds, and have to be kept in incubators. I mean, yeah, I'm not surprised. And they've already got a kid. <laughs> her, her and her husband, they have an older daughter. <laughs> that poor girl is bad enough when you're like the older sibling and you've got one baby coming into the house. <laughs> Nine. You suddenly moved into a creche. <laughs> <laughs> we now live at a daycare. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. How do you feel about having a little brother older? or sister? Well, I'm not sure, really. Okay, how about nine? <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> I beg your pardon. It is five girls, though, so thankfully they do outnumber the boys. Yeah, but you know what little boys are like? It's just chaos, isn't it? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It could be one boy and eight girls. That one boy still is going to wreck everything, because that's what they do. <laughs> they just wreck shit. <laughs> pull TVs off the wall. Just wanna... Bite through the yeah, cable. Yeah, just want to pull... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We mention Rick every week on the show, don't we? I know, he's one like, way or another. He's like fucking Maris from Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> My goal is to get a Rick and a Sven mention in every episode. That's a good idea. It's a good idea. All right. Oh. Here's, here's one little last thing I was going to mention before we go on to anything else. I got very... Um, I was listening to a podcast this week, and there was an advert on for... What podcast I was listening to? That's really going to annoy me. It was. It's called Slow Burn, and it's a uh, kind of a political semi-political podcast and it's about historical figures but the episodes okay. are quite long it's quite in depth and there's one about uh, David Duke the former one of the former Grand Wizards of the KKK really really mm-hmm. interesting about how he got his start and he got into Congress and was trying to get more political power and all that kind of thing and mm. they kind of go to his background now there was an advert in the middle of the show for a Conan O'Brien podcast and it yeah. made me really angry because okay. I feel like I mean, maybe maybe I would do this if I was in this position, but I feel like celebrities always want to just do everything and leave. No- this sounds actually like this sounds actually bitter now. And I'm saying it; it's not that, <laughs> but I just felt that kind of. Why does Conan O'Brien need a podcast? His job, his actual job that he gets paid millions of dollars for, is talking to people and interviewing them. Yeah, every night of the week on TV. Why do you now need a podcast to also do that? And I think it's that kind of thing where I'm thinking, like, why aren't certain celebrities just happy with what they have? <laughs> you have everything you could ever want. Why do you then have to go and do everything else? Why do Save you then... podcasts it's for like, us normal it's like, folk. And it's not even that, though. It's like, you know, like, like Will Smith's on YouTube now. Why? Why? You, and I know the, like, the YouTube community got really pissed off at that. I know, I know that the children's, um, uh, children's book writer, children's author's, fucking hate David Walliams because he's yeah. basically just stormed into their kind of territory that they've been working hard for for years and years and years and he gets this massive book deal and they're just like, well, hang on a minute. This isn't fair. Why does he get all this print and all this stuff when we've been slogging away for years and years? And I don't, I've never understood it. I don't get if it's... I mean, maybe if, maybe if I was famous, I'd think the same thing. Like, oh, I've always wanted to try this, so now I guess I'll do it. But it just seems like... yeah. Even in their respective field, I mean, the Conan O'Brien thing is, I just find ridiculous. Why Why do you, a person who interviews people for your job, need to then interview people on a podcast when you do it every day anyway? I, th- I, think, I think there's two potential factors in it. One, we've got these celebrities who are in a field where their focus is always on and their whole life has been about expression, creativity, the the creation of some form of entertainment product, whether they're an actor, whether they're an, an interviewer, a journalist, something like that. And we've just had over a year of people not being able to do that. So these creative types are locked up in their house. They can't perform. They can't be seen in that sense that, that allows them to be creative and gain feedback on that creativity. So 
they're turning to the methods that people are able to do that by, which is remotely, which is audio, which can be done, like we've proved, with not the, like an, an extremely professional setup. It can be done on an easy budget. Like I know, I know celebrities are on like prime time TV shows in America who literally sit in their closet in their house with basically like a hat over the head and just record podcasts over Zoom. And that's all they do. But they earn a wage by doing that, which I think is the other thing, is it's an extra source of income for them in a time, especially over the past year, where they've not been able to earn as much or as frequently. So I think it's all COVID-related, or a lot of it is. Well, I, I know Conan O'Brien's podcast isn't because he started it in 2018. <clears throat> so I agree with so I agree with the kind of people who are being interviewed and all that kind of thing. If they've not been working, then yeah, I kind of get it. And I and I'd get it kind of there's a Benny Benny will know who Rich Eisen is. He's a, a sports uh, kind of I guess you'd call him a commentator analyst type person. Yeah. Who does a a show on uh, Peacock. He does the same thing. His job hasn't been affected by COVID at all because he's just gone into the studio with a skeleton crew and done his show. And he's done the same thing. Mm. And I don't understand the... It's like it's like if I was a famous painter and then I also then became a celebrity house painter. It's like, well, why, why do you need to do that? There's already people out there who do all this kind of stuff. I'm thinking like, yeah. you know, like Mark Maron or someone like that. Like podcasting is his. I mean, I get it. He's a comedian, but podcasting is his gig. Yeah, that's kind of how everyone's now knows who he is. And I feel like, why would you need to then, if you're already famous for doing something, you're then just basically maybe is ego or something. I don't know. Are you then not just stepping into someone else's lane and basically <coughs> stealing what they're trying to do? Yeah, but the thing is, if if you're famous, that that's easy enough for you to do. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, you I mean, know, right. you'll have a dedicated audience who will follow you over. Like, there's... Oh, who was it who played Captain Marvel in the recent films? The, uh, uh, the Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Oh, yeah. Like, she's just started a podcast, for example, that I'm aware of, and she's been promoting it on some other podcasts. And it's like, well, you're an actress, or actor, I suppose, and you are part of a very successful franchise where there are future films that you're going to appear in, why do you feel the need to do this? And I, I had that very similar cynical thought. But then I suppose it is, well, yeah, she looked into that role, but think of everything she's had to do to get there and how creative she's tried to be in, in the past and the other films and TV shows and plays and everything that she's been in and worked away from the ground up. Why shouldn't she be able to go into doing that, but just in a, another field? And another field as well where you get to be known for who you actually are, in a way, rather than the persona or the role that you play and the persona you put across. Is there not like a fair bit of downtime when you're shooting well, a, O'Brien can do in, in Brie Larson's case when you're shooting a movie or a TV show? Like you're stuck in your trailer or a hotel room and you've got other people around who maybe like you're you are friends with or you don't know that well and you just want to have a, a chat with them and why not like yeah. put it to tape? Like like you say, like she's got fans. Fans will follow her to do whatever she wants to do. So you might as well put it out to them and make a bit of extra scratch on the side. Not that she don't yeah. need it, but like I said it's, it's something. I'm not going to say it's just you know something what? to do because over the past like 23 weeks, this has become a bit of a, a passion project. But uh, definitely for me, I'm not sure about you two, but definitely is. But you know, just when you're when you're in that situation, like maybe it's her way of giving back. I don't know, like giving her her fans a little something extra. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not a bad way of looking at it. I guess. Do you know what it is? I think I think it's the kind of I think if they were doing something different with it or creative with it, I wouldn't kind of mind it as much. But I think you just. It's, I think I just feel like it's. I mean, again, I, who can fucking blame them? I feel like it's just kind of a cash in. Because, yeah, like you said, yeah. once the world goes back to normal, they're not going to do it anymore. Like David Tennant's the same. Why has David Tennant got a podcast talking to his famous friends? <laughs> why? Why are you doing that? I don't. I just don't. I. I don't understand. 
and I see, I do see what you two are saying. You know, and you, and you, you do make good points, but yeah. And I think if they were doing something more creative, <clears throat> I could kind of get behind it, or maybe something that's a bit out of the box that would you would think for them like, oh wow, I never thought they would do this. It's like when I see somebody presenting a different show on TV or something, like somebody presents an art show or they show like, oh, well, actually, I love doing this kind of thing. I know the thing, like the joke about interviewing Jeff Goldblum is, is all he wants to talk about is his jazz band. But I kind of think, yeah, something like that I can mm. kind of get behind. Okay, I also do this other thing that's not just, that's this is what I love to do. Whereas I feel yeah. like these famous people who are doing podcasts, it's just... Why is nobody paying attention to me? Give me some money so I can talk about myself and my famous friends. <laughs> that's how it feels. I'm not saying that is what it is, but that's just how it kind of comes across. And that's why it irks me a little bit. Yeah. I'd like a Conan O'Brien podcast where he talks about his time writing for The Simpsons and all the shenanigans that happened there. Not him like interviewing his um, celebrity mates, just like you know, like back in the old days. Like, give me some Phil Hartman stories. He was, he was apparently like a dude. I want to know more about that. Well, he did. He did do an interview on one podcast I listened to, where he was talking about the time where he was basically a student journalist, and it, for some reason I can't remember the full details, but he spent the day with John Candy, and oh, yes. he was just talking about like his his day with John Candy and like the time he spent like talking to him about comedy, interviewing him, things like that. The fact that John Candy was supposed to be on a diet at the time, but he made Conan O'Brien like go into a bakery and come out with loads of donuts for him and stuff like that. That type of thing is great when those types of people, the interviewers are being interviewed, I find, because they've got so many experiences, they've met so many people. But sometimes, yeah, it is just a cynical cash grab or an evolution of the format which kind of does take away from other people who do similar things, a potential audience for other people. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think that's... Uh... Anyway, yeah. let's round out the show. Adam, the final segment, please. Okay. What would you like first? I can't sing because I've got my little one upstairs asleep, and I do boom out when I sing. I've got a very <laughs> loud tenor voice. So, would you like the bad advice or the quiz? I like ending on the quiz, so... Let's go for some bad advice. Okay, so this was advice back from the Victorian era. And it was actually advice that wasn't followed. It was good advice that people didn't follow. Women in a Victorian era, if you think like a traditional like Victorian ladies outfit with the, the bustle and the corset and stuff like that, pregnant women were advised explicitly don't wear a corset that's not great for a developing fetus <laughs> in your womb is cinching your your whole like midsection very very tightly but women ignored that and they often wore corsets quite late into their pregnancy in fact uh, Lucy Worsley who was the chief curator at Britain's historic royal palaces. She wrote a book called If Walls Could Talk, and she said in there it was actually hard to persuade women to take off their stays, their corsets, even under the most extreme conditions. It got to the point where manufacturers concerned... I say concerned in bunny ears, because obviously they're concerned about making money, but concerned about women doing this made maternity corsets <laughs> kind of like the the lycra ones that you get today to like support the uh, the baby but these also they're still corsets so they weren't designed to support the baby they were designed to mask or even minimize the size of the pregnant body so it was a corset that you could wear and hide the fact that you're pregnant but still not cinch in the baby <laughs> like the uh, the garbage compactor in Star Wars crushing people, <laughs> but in a womb. It led to women being so sensitive about their, their size and the look of how they were pregnant that they actually went into something called confinement in their, their the last one or two months before they gave birth, 
which basically means they went into lockdown, like we've all been doing. <gasps> they shut themselves away from the public eye and just stayed at home, not wearing corsets, hopefully, in those last months. So, big advice for all of those, like, goth girlfriends out there who may be pregnant <laughs> is give up your corset. Please do. Uncinch that waist. Let it all hang out. That's the advice from Victorian times that should be followed today. So it controversial like, advice there. It sounds like a torture device from Saw <laughs> where they just attach a corset and just day by day make it tighter and tighter and tighter. That sounds horrific. That just, yeah, corsets on pregnant women just sounds... Awful nightmare, fuelish. Victorian oh. Britain didn't give a fuck anyway. Like these little babies <laughs> in the, cor- <laughs> in the corsets point. are born, and then two years later they'll be working in a factory getting chewed up by the machines. Yeah. So you know you might as That's well give true. them the That's harshest true. pregnancy there is. And they're already addicted Fair to point. like opiates and cocaine as well from yeah, exactly. cough medicine. But they were yeah. <laughs> the, the Victorian perks. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Illegal or ill-advised? Yeah. Got ten ten child names. All real names that have been uh, given to children. Not necessarily recently. We could be looking quite some time ago. But certainly in the 20th century, at the very least. So the first one is Abdul. A-B-D-U-L. That screams illegal. Yeah, because Abdul my is a illegal sense is tingling. Name. Yeah, that's a perfectly normal name. We're going to go illegal. That's correct. It is illegal, specifically in Saudi Arabia. And the reason for that, because you would think, well, you know, Saudi Arabia, the East, you would think that that type of name comes from that area. But no, it's illegal in Saudi Arabia because the Egyptian leader of the past, Abdul Nasser, had a really bad relation with the Saudis didn't get on with them at all. So, Saudi Arabia made it illegal to name your child Abdul, to spite him. And that's why there are no kids in England called Thatcher. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the next one, Cherish. Not Cherish. Chair-ish. As in what you sit on, followed oh. by I-S-H. I was going to say, Cherish is the host advice. of um, Bake Off the Professionals, so that's definitely a proper name. I'm leaning towards ill-advised on this one. The really sure. outlandish one, the really outlandish ones, I always assume are ill-advised, and the normal-sounding ones are going to be illegal. <laughs> yeah, we'll go ill-advised. Okay, it is ill-advised. This is actually a woman who posted on Facebook in America uh, not too long ago a picture of her laying down with letter blocks on her belly, spelling the name Cherish, spelt as in chair. And then ish. And uh, underneath the photo, a lot of her friends commenting, Are you sure you mean chair? And her revealing it was actually the siblings of the child, the poor unborn child, that spelt it that way. So that's what she went with. Don't let your kids name your other kids. The next one is Matty. M A T I. Matty. That's not normal enough to be illegal. That's in the sweet spot. Yeah, it's right in the sweet spot. I'm think I'm gonna still think an illegal though. I'm gonna go for illegal sounds, as well. It sounds normal. Illegal. I'll go illegal. It is illegal in Germany because the law where you're you're naming your children in Germany is that you must be able to tell the gender of the baby by their name, and Matty oh, wow. is neutral. However, wow, a child can have a gender-neutral name. As long as the name is double-barreled and the second part of the name is gendered. Oh, wow. Crikey. All right, that is genuinely fascinating. I never knew that. Yeah. This is my daughter, uh, obviously... Alex, definitely a girl, Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Knockers Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Bollocks. <laughs> Seriously, Germany. It's the 21st century, lads. Come on. I know, yeah. Well, the thing is that their language is gendered. So it's, oh, yeah, good point, it, actually. That's how yeah, it is. You're right. Y- you know, it's the problem with uh, a lot of the uh, kind of Germanic and Romantic languages. They are gendered, which is why I struggled <laughs> doing that at school. It's because I just couldn't get my head around the fact that you're saying the same thing, but it's spelt differently and pronounced slightly differently. 
but it just means the. Why are you doing that, Germany? Why? <laughs> okay, the next one. Earthquakina. Earthquakina. <laughs> so, it's earthquake, be... but with I-N-A at the end. Oh, God, that's fantastic. Okay, ill-advised. <laughs> it has to be. It has to yeah. be. Yes, it is ill-advised. <laughs> Unless, like Earthquakina, you were born in the midst of an earthquake in Wellington, New Zealand in 1909, as this poor child was. God. I'm surprised this comes oh, from somewhere as, like, with it as New Zealand. I thought it'd be from, like, um, a country in, like, the Ring of Fire, like, in the Pacific or something like that. Not New Zealand. New Zealand is in the Pacific, so... Okay, fair point. come on now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Pieces. The next one, illegal or ill-advised, railroad. I'm going to say ill-advised again. You are correct, it's ill-advised. Oh. However, a, a baby was called this after they were born on a train in Turkey in 1929. Poor child was called Railroad. The next called one... It Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one is Kennedy. Illegal. Gotta be. It's way, again, it's way too normal to be ill-advised. It's gotta be illegal. That's right. It is illegal in Portugal. Because some time ago, in Portugal, you could only name your child a Christian name, as in the religion, or a, a name that came from the Bible. And Kennedy isn't in there. All these laws are insane. I know, yeah. I know. I don't know if that's still the case, but certainly it was uh, some time ago. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. Gotcha. The and next Catholic. one is... Wotty or Woti. It's spelled W O T I. Oh, this one's in the sweet spot as well. This is a good sweet spot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I, just, I, was, I was about what to was say. I was about, illegal. I was about to say, like, I feel like we've figured out the meta for the illegal <laughs> and ill-advised game, and then Adam throws bloody Wotty at us, and now I don't know. <laughs> we'll go. I think we'll go ill-advised. Okay, ill-advised. Ill-advised. No, you're wrong. Ah, oh, the streak is over. Wotty we were perfect. Is, is over. Illegal in Malaysia, where the word means sexual intercourse. <laughs> so it's like calling <laughs> a kid I mean, right. finger blast or something, I guess. I like <laughs> Duck Pond. I like the idea that some of these reasons are completely batshit. That's at least a good reason. Fair enough. Yeah, I get exactly. that reason. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> the next one, I'll have to spell this one for you. Lee L E hyphen A. Can you imagine how that name is pronounced before we decide if it's illegal or ill-advised? Lea. So obviously, yeah, it's like no. Lea or something like that. Ladasha. Because <laughs> <laughs> the hyphen is pronounced as dash. Fantastic. So that's L-E not illegal. That's a. completely ill-advised. Ladasha. That's not illegal. It's got to be ill-advised. It is ill-advised. Why? Yes. Why would you do it? Why? <laughs> Although in some countries, that could be illegal. But in this particular one, no, this poor child. Trifle. 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 Which way are we going with this one? Uh, That's outlandish. That's ill-advised. You're right. Ill-advised. This poor child was born in Canada in 1852. I thought you were saying she was born in a vat of custard cream and jelly. (laughs) (laughs) I won't mention Ladyfingers. Uh, right, the last no. one. And beef Jay. with peas and onions. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that one would be alright, as long as you had like a cup of tea to <laughs> sip in between spoonfuls. Exactly, to swill it around with in your mouth at the same time, <laughs> What of you do is just mix a cup of tea in, just pour it in the bowl. The last one then, J. I can spell that for you if you like. It's yeah, spelled J. What? <laughs> God's sake. <laughs> Ill-advised? Yeah, let's go ill-advised. Ill-advised? No, it's (gasps) illegal. Damn it. Again, going to New Zealand, you're allowed to call your kid Earthquakina, but you're not allowed to use single letters to name your child. So I don't know whether that applies for middle names. So if Homer J. Simpson, he might not have been able to have been called Homer J. Simpson. Plus, New Zealand. Exactly. Yeah. Well, New Zealand don't allow like copyright things anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, good point. Actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but it'd be all right if it was just spelled J A Y. That would be fine. But no, can't use single letters. So there we go. That's that was this actually a very yeah illegal or very informative. Entertainment very informative this week. 
Yeah. Was that eight out of ten? I'm after this week. I think we've got eight out of ten this week. Eight out of ten. Well done. Too wrong. That's an eight. Now you're onto the meta. Now I've got to mix it up again. I've I've got to find like a load of places where John is illegal. (laughs) I was going to say no, because no, that's obvious. That's the point. That's too obvious. (laughs) Like yeah, John. Of course it's illegal. You need to change the meta up a bit. Yeah. Like I said, it needs to be. You need to have. You need to find somewhere where the like the name twat is just (laughs) ill-advised and not illegal or something. Yeah. Or even now I'm trying to meta myself with that. No, I can't even think that. That'd be the other oh, way. Oh, the old anyway, double bluff. Might be a triple bluff yeah, the, next week. You know, I was just saying, yeah, you need to triple bluff us next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. Can we go along this week? Let's get out of here. Boys, anything else from you two? Thank you very much for listening. Actually, yes, one thing, apart from thank you very much for listening, I donated my... I went through my tent blood donation this week. A very easy process. Very worthwhile goes to a very good course, cause, and it's really, really safe to do, even with all the COVID restrictions. So if you do live in the UK, or anywhere else where you can donate blood, please go and do so. It's really easy to register. You just turn up for the appointment, get a free drink and biscuits at the end of it, all for a good cause. I was also stabbed this week. I had my first um, COVID jab before Daniel's wife, which means I am way more important than her. Damn right. But I did have a dead arm for a couple of days, so maybe it wasn't worth it in the end. Okay. There we go, everybody. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next week. Too late. Bye, everyone.